the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Friday edition of The Ride Home. It's a super busy weekend here in the city of Pittsburgh, if you're that kind of a person, right? Um, Some people will be happy to sit at home on the porch. Other people, though, there's a pirate game tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Pitt Penn State, of course, tomorrow night, a national game, Mm -hmm. Lady Antebellum and Darius Rucker at uh, Star Lake. Mm -hmm, Which is called something else now. It's always going to be Star Lake. Plus, you know, the usual fairs, festivals, theater things, yada, yada, all that. So... Okay, so so what's what's the main point? The main point is don't go anywhere near the north side on Saturday. No, no, no. Yeah, it is. No, no. Oh, no, yeah, no. it is. Listen, yeah, it is. Many people will flock to the north side. Fine. You, aren't you? You Fine. yourself are. I a can't person stand that. You like to get out and about town. Don't I you? do, but I don't like to get in and about town for huge events. Are you have, have any interest at all in going to see Pitt Penn State? No. What? No. You're a big Pitt fan. I don't. I. I You're not. Go, I think it's supposed to be a sellout. I'd love I would go. love I would love for it to be a sellout. I think that's wonderful. I Mike? hope it's super fun. I'm have I'm hosting a party at my house. I literally am. It's the first I've heard of it. <laughs> no one's no one's told me. Whoa, Sorry. whoa, yeah, now whoa. I, now it's all of a sudden, it got oh, awkward just oh, now. Oh, it did got super awkward, really. I, you're having a party. I'm not, I'm not invited. Sorry, John. That's all right. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I can't It's like be all everywhere. those picnics at the Hall Homestead that it, I didn't hear about until they were over. There it goes. Yeah, anyway. That's it. Anyway, yeah, I don't want to go to I don't want to go to any football games anymore. Never? Nope. Like not a Steeler game? Nope. Nothing. Nope. You know, I I think Pee-wee? I think football is better at home. I agree. I, I'm the person that the NFL is hates because no more I don't for you. Mm-hmm. I know I never was a good tailgator. Are you I've never done I never I really I like I like good parties at my house. Or yeah. someone else's house. I don't care whose house it is, but I don't not really my house. need <laughs> No you're never going to my house. <laughs> oh, that's how that ball rolls, huh? Exactly. Hey, what I time meant. is it? It is a little late, isn't it? Yeah, what time is it? Is it? Late. I, I would like to be the first one at this point, John. To tell me. To tell you your weekend has begun. Oh, yes. Seven minutes past the four o'clock hour on a lovely Friday afternoon. The heat is gone. It looks like summer might be gone as well. And uh, fall will be here before you know it. You are such it a coming. Debbie Downer. I'm not a you Debbie Downer. Are. Oh, that's you why are. I'm not invited to the party. Oh, okay. That's, that's why I'm not invited to the party. <laughs> that's not why. Oh, summer's over. Uh, yeah. Summer's over. It is over. It's it's over. It's over. It's done. Okay, it's over. Get your parka on. Get your parka and your gloves Listen, ready. Listen, John, we Fine. have a lot of warm weather left. I'm going to be eating out for lunch a lot still. Really? I feel good about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So let me, let me uh, pose a question. First of all, we're excited to have Dr. Carl Truman with us um, oh. for the first time in just a couple minutes. He's, he's a brand new uh, professor to Grove City College, but he has been um, a, an expert for a long time in issues related to the Reformation and in the field of, of – um, post-reformational studies, Mm. but we're going to talk about something a little different um, on identity in Christ. And let me ask you this. Me. When you were a kid. Yes. 
when you looked at your parents, what were the things that they did? And when I say did, I don't mean like go to the grocery store. I mean like what are the organizations or institutions they were involved in that gave them a sense of who they were? Oh, oh yeah, sure. That's easy. So my father, like a lot of dads of my time, was a veteran of World War II, and he was a, a member of the American Legion, which was had deep roots in our family. I mean, my dad would okay. be at the American Legion often. We'd go to American Legion picnics. Um, he was also part of the um, the Moose, which is a, oh right, the yeah, f- yeah. fraternal organization, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff around that as well. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. So that was a big thing. And also, I mean, you were faithful members of the Catholic Church. We were, yeah. Although my father was not a Catholic. Right. But your mom was, and all of you kids were raised Mm -hmm. as Catholics. So you were in Catholic school. Yep. So you were an altar boy? Yeah, I was a choir boy. Choir boy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you went all through Catholic school up through eighth grade? Eighth grade. grade. Okay. Yep. All right. So that was a big part of your family. Sure was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. When I think of my family uh, growing up. Your roots. My roots. Um, They're really my parents' roots, though. I mean, my dad um, was a faithful member of a Polish community. um, And so that was a Catholic community, but it was it was a very ethnic community. Were there gatherings? Gather- social all sorts. things, every, right? Well, every social gathering was basically just... Meals and drinking. Right. I mean, and all of us, <laughs> right. right? It's just that that's what, that's what we did. Yeah. So there was the uh, Polish Falcons. Oh, yeah, sure. Or the Knights of Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, know them well. Those. Um, on my mom's side, there were um, there was church. There was uh, choir. Mm-hmm. You know, organizations such as that. Things revolving around music. Yeah. Um, and I ask all those things because when I think now of what our kids are seeing, those institutions that claimed um, a lot of time from our parents but also gave our parents a lot of identity, hardly any of those are what they were. Right. The social constructs or the glue that once held us together as a society here in the United States, those have diminished. We instead sort of hold on to um, political Mm-hmm. Right or um, what? We're like ideological. That's it. Ideological subgroups now. So instead of you know your dad met a whole bunch of buddies at the American Legion, yeah. or my mom met a bunch of people at a Bible study at church. Now people seem to align themselves with oh well I'm a left leaning Christian mm-hmm. or I am a um, Orthodox Christian or I'm a gay Christian, mm-hmm. or you know whatever those things are. But instead of just being Christian, we've got a subgroup out of it. And I wonder if those subgroups, and forget, I mean, I just added Christian because that's what you and I are, but you could be an environmentalist, or you're an activist, or you're a conservative, or you're an evangelical, or you're a Catholic, or whatever, how it is ever that you identify yourself. Those are smaller groups than they were just two generations ago in America. And I don't know if this matters. I think it does because our parents and then by association, our family, our social fabric of who they were involved with, whether it was the American Legion or the Moose or the Polish Falcons, we did things as a group. Yes, yes. I mean, short short of, you know, uh, social rallies like, you know, alt-right groups gathering in Charlottesville and things like that. What do those groups that you just named, whether they were well, none of those groups. I, I, do they I gather? For I don't things? know if the Polish Falcons exist anymore. I heard is the American Legion still around? Oh yeah, American Legion okay. still around. But like, but I bet like it's Eagles. a lot smaller than it used to be. I the don't VFW. Know. Oh, I bet it is. 
I bet it is. Cub Scouts, Girl Scouts, they all of those, they're way, they're way smaller. Um, those organizations that you used to, you know, buildings used to drive by the Eagles, the Moose, all the of those, they're gone. I don't see, they're gone. all gone. Yeah, they are. And look at what's happened to the church, Capital C Church. You know, we have the Catholic abuse scandals. That's a giant institution that's crumbled around us. We see people being unbelievably dissatisfied and disillusioned with the university, which was another gigantic institution that people identified with. Um, it's just we're in we're in the process right now. We're in the process of apparently tearing down the Supreme Court right. of the United States because it's a just second. a bunch of of ideologues. Okay, so then your thing about not going out this weekend does that have some roots in it as well? You'd re- prefer not to be part of that of that social thing. No. So, it's, but look, a lot of people think that they're engaged on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. But they don't go anywhere. No, of course. Right? We don't even know our neighbors. We don't know each other. Heck, we don't know our wives or husbands or our kids anymore because we're all looking at our phones. Okay, so here's a question. If as Christians we're called to have our most important identity in Christ. In Christ. We're supposed to be Christ followers first. Yes. Then how is it that we still further splinter into I'm, as I said, I'm a gay Christian or I'm an evangelical Christian or I'm a conservative Christian or I'm a left-leaning Christian? Is Christ not enough? Or do we feel like we're putting more power and strength in our subsection of Christian identification? That's an excellent question. We'll take a break. Stick around, would you please? Carl Truman is going to join us in a few minutes from Grove City College. Those questions, a lot more. Four to six right here on a Friday afternoon. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. A couple witnesses angels at a dangerous car crash. A man is healed on his deathbed and given another chance to live. Two Christian pastors perform an exorcism on a psychic possessed by demons. A man thought his baby died until the impossible happened. These miracles are true and are chronicled in the first book of a new series, When God Happens, True Stories of Modern Day Miracles. When God Happens is compiled and edited by best-selling authors Angela Hunt and Bill Myers. Hunt and Myers came together to remind Christians God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has not turned his back on us or left us to our own devices. If you have an exciting miracle you'd like to see shared in the next edition of When God Happens, visit the website at whengodhappens.com. Get your copy now of best-selling authors Angela Hunt and Bill Myers' miraculous new book, When God Happens, True Stories of Modern Day Miracles. Available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. From the acclaimed director of God's Not Dead. I regret to inform you her husband was killed in combat. When she lost her husband. He chose to save me rather than come home. She lost her way. On September 7th comes the extraordinary motion picture Trinity Broadcast Network calls a great Christian film. I'm not giving up without a fight. And the Christian Broadcast News raves. It's a must-see cinematic experience. Everyone should go see the movie. He will show them nothing is impossible. God bless the broken road. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters September 7th. He can smell you from half a mile away. Here with pinpoint accuracy. 
and detect the slightest motion with a 310-degree field of vision. But with an Oak Ridge hunting blind from Yoder's Backyard Structures, that deer will never know you're there. Solid, silent, scent-controlled, satisfaction guaranteed. This is one perch you won't fall out of. And with Yoder's, delivered and set up free of charge. Take your hunt to a whole new level at yodersbackyard.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. Who are we? Are we in Christ mm-hmm. or are we Rotarians? Are we Reformed Christians, Evangelical Christians, Gay Christians? Yeah, environmentalist Christians. All that. Is Christ not enough? Carl Truman is with us. Dr. Truman is a professor of humanities at Grove City College, where he teaches courses on the history of religious thought. He's worked in the field of Reformation and post-Reformation studies. But we are happy to have Carl Truman for the first time join us on air here uh, at Word FM. Dr. Truman, welcome, sir. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Carl, before you joined us, John and I were talking about um, the collapse of institutions that we've witnessed over the last uh two to three decades here in America. We talked about, you know, when our when our parents were kids and how important their institutional structures were. Like the Catholic Church was very important uh, to John's family. And my father's ethnic heritage was very important to him. And my mom's church culture was very important to her. But now it seems like when, when I look at, at my generation and then my kids who are growing up, I feel like we've become splintered into – into ideological subgroups instead of those big institutions. So now we identify ourselves. We have to have to find a space. I'm a, I have to call myself a conservative Christian or I have to call myself an environmentalist or I have to be an activist or whatever it is. And I'm wondering how you see that based on your study of, of human personhood. Well, there are a lot of reasons, I think, that lie behind the chaos that you're describing. Populations are much more mobile now. Used to be a time when we were very much rooted in a time and a particular place. I mean, I live three and a half thousand miles away from where I was born, and I'm not atypical. People move around, which means that identity tied to place has certainly been attenuated or weakened uh, over the years. I think some of the institutions you're pointing to have had their own internal crises that have shaken confidence, uh, shaken the confidence of the public in those institutions as, as things they wish to identify with. And I think there's been an overwhelming shift in the kind of political discussion we see in the West in general, and perhaps in America in particular, where uh, psychological categories, categories of psychological oppression and victimhood have have moved center stage in, in the way that public discourse is conducted. And all of these things, I think, have served to to weaken traditional notions of, of personhood and identity and, and the stability of, of who we are. Yes. I mean, so the psychological categories that you talk about, Dr. Truman, I mean, it's it's good and necessary, I think, to acknowledge the pain of people who have been marginalized or put down uh, historically in the past. But I would say in some ways that that marginalization has superseded itself and it's become 
hyper important that we genuflect at the cultural altar of those who have been afflicted. Not to say it's a bad thing, but maybe it's taken center stage in a more pronounced way than uh, I would want to happen in my own life. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's happened there, of course, is what constitutes oppression and marginalization has changed. My grandfather's generation, I think my grandfather would very much have seen oppression as, as, as an economic thing. Did he have enough money to feed his family? Did he have a job to give him some self-respect and to enable him to earn the money to put bread on the table? I think of the Jews in, in the 1930s and 40s in, in Germany. Sure. There was a definite physical, brutal physical oppression going on. We now live in an era where oppression has moved into the realm of, of the psychological. If I, if I use a particular epithet or, or describe you in a certain way, then somehow I've, I've fundamentally degraded you as a person in a way that, that has a moral equivalence with Auschwitz or a moral equivalence mm-hmm. with depriving somebody of their, the, their economic wherewithal to survive. Not that, that describing people in degrading ways is, is a good thing. It no. clearly is but I think the problem is we've lost the ability to distinguish between you know, unpleasant words that, that are degrading and nasty and real, mm-hmm. physical, economic, brutal oppression of a kind that earlier generations uh, knew. Uh, our generation in the West has typically not known firsthand. I remember the story a couple years ago when... Uh conservative columnist Ann Coulter was invited to Berkeley. Do you remember that, John? And um, it turned into a rock-throwing episode of the students who were protesting and saying that she didn't have a right to speak. And and listen, I'm not here to defend Ann Coulter because I find her incredibly distasteful. Um, But the response to a woman who is known for her words was met by physical violence. And And hearing what the students said, they said, well, words, in fact, are violence. Right. And I think, well, words aren't violence, but now we're seeing words as violence. Well, we see the same thing just this week with uh, Steve Bannon, right? I mean, invited by the New Yorker to an event, but then there was a rise up of people who were disgusted by the invitation. How dare they invite him? We don't want to hear what he has to say. And so he was shouted down and put away in his proper place, and everybody felt better about it at the end of the day. So our... Um I don't know, our inability to hear from people who have different points of view from us. And, and our at, outrage. Right, and our outrage and our tendency to, to label that, as you said, Carl, as being you know, violence, um, as being greater than what perhaps our ancestors would have understood as marginalization or as oppression. I'm wondering if we're doing – are we becoming that way because we're just ignorant of history and so we just don't know what we're comparing our current circumstances to? I think that's part of it. I think uh, another part of, of, the, of the equation is our minds have become gripped by certain ideas, that the idea that, that words are violent. I'd, I would want to question that as a premise, but I think the problem is that idea has so gripped the popular imagination, it's difficult uh, to, to disabuse people of that, partly because in order to disabuse people of that, you're going to have to expose them to views that they do not like and which they regard as oppressive, as you've already hinted, uh, where words are seen as in and of themselves violence, freedom of speech becomes part of the problem, not part of the solution. And that's one of the difficulties I think we face today, and it's why we have incidents like the Steve Bannon incident uh, 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 the last week, or the Ann Coulter incident to which you you alluded. When words are violence, freedom of speech is a problem. I belong to a generation that 
that didn't believe that, but unfortunately, the values and the thinking of my generation are not what grips the power of the of the imagination today, particularly the imagination of those who hold the levers of cultural power, the media, uh, people like that. So now here we are, at least in a first world perspective of looking people who are these splinter ideological groups we talked about, right? You the know, environmentalist whether, or right, the, the alt-right or the MAGA. Or the, or the conservative or, or the gay the, Christians mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, right? We all prioritize these little tiny slices of the Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. But so how do we or why, why should we put Christ first as opposed to the splinter groups how we lost our way, and Christ has become sort of secondary to the ideology that goes beyond that conversation about Christ in our lives. Well, again, you make a very good point. We all have a variety of identities. You know, I'm an employee, I'm a father, I'm a husband. The big question is, are those identities legitimate, and what hierarchy do we put them in? What function do they fulfill? I would say for a Christian, uh, our identity really needs to be rooted in Christ. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul makes it very clear that the fundamental uh, dividing line in terms of identity for the human race is revealed in your attitude to the cross. Is the cross the power of God to salvation, in which case you're being saved, or is it foolishness and offense, in which case you're perishing? And that has to be for the Christian I think, the, the fundamental identity. So, yes, I'm a father. Yes, I'm an employee. Yes, I'm a British citizen, not a, not a U.S. citizen. Those are all legitimate identities. But the one that overrides them all, the one that is most fundamental, has to be the identity I have in Christ. And that's something that I don't think comes naturally to Christians today. We have a lot of alternative messages pressing in on us from the culture, but it's something we have to cultivate. We Mm. need to constantly remind ourselves that whatever else I am, fundamentally, I am what I am in Christ. So that, the, the application of it, is where I think we get into trouble. That's obviously always the hardest part. I mean, we can say whatever we say with our mouth, uh, but when it comes right down to it, so that means that if I'm, you know, I would consider myself politically conservative, but if I'm sitting here in the studio, like we have, a, you know, dozens of times, with someone who is a left-leaning Christian, that person is is my family. That is my brother and sister because we both believe in Jesus more than people who I would consider aligned with me politically, right? Yeah, I think so. And where that might practically manifest itself, it might be obvious in in the way you interact with each other, that you do so respectfully and with obvious love and care for the dignity of the person you're talking to. Hopefully it manifests itself most obviously when you go to church on a Sunday, you sit in the same church, you partake of the Lord's Supper together, whatever divides you in terms of the culture you live in in 21st century America, that is left at the church door when you go and worship together on a Sunday. You partake of the Lord's Supper and you acknowledge each other as, as brother and sister or sister and sister in that kind of context. Yes. So have we become too sophisticated for our own good, too much of a smarty pants? I mean, is this, the, as you know, as they say, is this a first world problem? Do people, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, w- was Luther, you know, was he worried about the social constructs of personhood and identity? Or, I mean, or was he just going about his business and trying to make his own point and let's get on with it? And if you call me a nasty name, well, I'll punch you in the nose and that'll be that. 
Well, well, certainly we are heirs of those who've gone before us. So I, I think you know, if one's looking for the intellectual genealogy of our problems, <laughs> one would have to say Sigmund Freud looms large. Mm-hmm. We, we live in a, in a different conceptual world uh, to Luther. I think there's also a first world element in all this. If, if you're living in a country where you're worrying where your next meal's coming from, yeah. you're probably not too concerned about what people are saying about you on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the, there's definitely that aspect to it. Are we too sophisticated? I'm not sure if sophisticated is the right word. I, I think self-absorbed might be yes. a better way of yeah. saying yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, in some ways, we're not sophisticated enough yeah. it's a thin veneer, to realize isn't it? that other people count. We've become totally absorbed with ourselves. So I would be... Uh, I wouldn't flatter us by saying what you <laughs> Thank you for the correction. I'll take that. Yes, you're very good. Well, well, Carl, I know that the Grove City community is absolutely thrilled to welcome you. Um, so talk about your your new home and what it's been like for you to meet your students and your uh, faculty family. Well, uh, Grove approached me somewhat, almost out of the blue really earlier this year with the offer of a job. And uh, I've taught at a seminary for for many years. I did start teaching at universities way, way back, but for the last 17 years I've been teaching at a seminary. But the the attraction of Grove was, uh, I think, 18 to 22-year-olds. There's a battle for the minds that's going on there that that doesn't happen anywhere else. So the opportunity to be interacting with young people at a very formative part of their their lives was was, uh, very tempting to me. And I love the, the way Grove takes learning seriously, takes humanity seriously, and also attempts to set this within a, a broad, not a narrow, but a broad uh, Christian uh, worldview kind of context. So for me, uh, I don't know how thrilled Grove is to have me, but I'm absolutely <laughs> thrilled to, to be there. Very nice. Well, Dr. Truman, it's a pleasure to yeah, talk to thank you. you. Thanks so much uh, for rolling the ball down the road here. Thanks very much for having me on. Our great pleasure. Dr. Carl Truman, Professor of Humanities at Grove City College. Full disclosure, uh, both Kath and I, we have our kids. We love Grove City College. They both attend as Grovers. Take a break. Come back. we got lots more ahead on a Friday afternoon. The average person considers estate planning just for the wealthy. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on estate planning for the everyday person. There's a lot that goes into it. People take more time picking out what car they're going to buy, where they're going to go to dinner, as opposed to what happens to my children. The state will dictate who gets what if you don't indicate who is to receive your stuff upon your passing. We want to make sure we plan appropriately so that they get the best of both worlds. They continue to receive the benefit and they get the inheritance. The other thing you have to think about is tax planning. We tried to be proactive in the approach that we minimize any type of tax consequence when somebody dies, depending on the value of the estate. These taxes range anywhere from 45 to 40%. So we try to make sure that the beneficiary will receive as much as they legally are able to. Hear more on Conti's Law, Saturday morning at 9 on WORD. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. How do you Friday? Whether you're trying to firm up, slim down, feel better, or simply take a break, Smoothie King has the smoothie for you. And with our $5 Fridays, you can Friday with a purpose. 32-ounce smoothies are just $5, and 32-ounce meal replacements are just $6. All blends, all flavors, all Friday. So how do you Friday? Friday like a king. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. 
Participating locations, some restrictions may apply. From the acclaimed director of God's Not Dead. I regret to inform you your husband was killed in combat. When she lost her husband, he chose to save me rather than come home. She lost her way. On September 7th comes the extraordinary motion picture Trinity Broadcast Network calls a great Christian film. Your faith is still there. And the Christian Broadcast News raves. It's a must-see cinematic experience. I'm not giving up without a fight. Everyone should go see this movie and bring a friend. God bless the broken road. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters September 7th. If you're wondering how kids can be truly educated when God, Scripture, and prayer are removed from the classroom, well, wonder no more because you have choices nearby and you'll find them on the map at pittsburghchristianschools.net. pittsburghchristianschools.net. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. You've committed yourself to pastoring and preaching from the Word of God. You've got to do that against the background of a collapsing culture. And then you've got to do it because of the nature of Scripture itself. Word FM presents Know the Truths Philip DeCourcy at the 2018 Pastor Appreciation Luncheon. To preach the Bible as the handbook for life rather than as a revelation of Christ is to turn the Bible into an entirely different book. A free event for pastors, October 3rd at Heinz Field. RSVP now at wordfm.com slash pal. This afternoon will be mostly cloudy and not as hot as recent days, but still humid with a stray shower high 81. Cloudy, cooler tonight with a couple of showers, mainly after midnight, though 61. Cloudy and even cooler tomorrow with some rain, especially in the afternoon, high 70. Sunday periods of rain, some of it heavy and quite cool. Watch for flooding. Sunday's high, only 65. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Joe Lundberg on 101.5 Word FM. Then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong And I grew strong And I learned how to get along And so you're back From out of space I just walked in to find you here With that sad look upon your face I should have changed that stupid lock I should have made you leave your feet If I'd have known for just one second You'd be back to bother me Oh, now That's a lot I'd have changed the locks I'd ask for that key back the Gloria Gaynor, of course, the song is. I will survive. I will survive. Mm-hmm. That was like the predecessor to like uh, Adele, and uh, you know, yeah. like hating the boyfriend and uh-huh. blaming the boyfriend. Yeah, she drew a line clearly. She did. That's all. That's all there is to it. Gloria Gaynor started it. We're playing it because it's Gloria Gaynor's birthday. Happy birthday, Gloria Gaynor. How old do you think Gloria Gaynor is? I don't have a clue. Mike, how old do you think Gloria Gaynor is? Mike didn't know who Gloria Gaynor no, was. Eighty-six. Eighty-six. That's wrong. Uh, Seventy-four. So here's uh, a weird thing. Yeah. Gloria Gaynor is the sister of Mitzi Gaynor. That's not true. It's not true. Oh. It's you- <laughs> Look at how I bought it. I trust you so much. How about Mitzi Gaynor? Is Mitzi Gaynor even alive? I don't Does think anybody so. know Mitzi Gaynor? I never I even know. heard of her. Yeah. Oh, you've never heard of Gloria Gaynor? Yeah, I have. Come on, Mike. Get- I just called her Gloria Gaines. <laughs> Which is wrong. Which is totally yeah, wrong. Yeah. I always thought it was wrong. Uh, you know, also, 
Taylor Swift is firmly in this tradition. Also, calling them out. Oh yeah, calling them out. Mm. I'm not doing it anymore. Okay, yeah. I'm done with it. Anyway, Gloria Gaynor, 69 years old today. Oh. Yes, nice. she is. Mm-hmm. So happy birthday to her. Very nice, very nice. Uh, um, I find Gaynor. that I got to be honest. I don't ever need to hear that song again. Well, it's a good song. No, I mean, I've, it's. I think it's overdone. Really? I mean, well, it's at, overdone. When's the last time you heard that song? Oh, at every wedding, at every party, at every everything. It's like mm. Gloria comes out. Does she ever have another hit? I don't know about that. She might have been a one-hit wonder, Gloria. I don't think so. I'm going to look she her had. up. Mitzi Gaynor is 87. In case you're wondering. Oh, she's still alive? Mitzi Gaynor survived. She, I will survive. I don't remember who she was. I remember her name. Mitzi Gaynor. She was a, a dancer, uh, an actor. Was she a, like a stage actress? No, like no. Like a Broadway she, thing? You know, no. Uh, she was in films. There's No Business Like Show Business, which featured Irving Berlin. Um, she was on uh, in films with Dan Daly, Marilyn Monroe, Donald O'Connor, okay. Johnny Ray. She was in South Pacific. Oh, that's really? What, that's her big one. Was yeah. that her lead role? Yeah. Was, she was the girl. Right, exactly. And so she Gaynor. was going to wash the man right out of her exactly. hair. Exactly. Was she? Yeah. I didn't know Mitzi yeah. was going to do that. Oh, yeah. She did fun she, jobs. You know what? She's in the same tradition because she's not having that anymore either. She locked, she's, just, she's locking the door. She's going to turn around now because that guy's not welcome anymore. Give me that key back. Mitzi isn't, Gaynor. Gary, Gloria Gaynor. Gaynor. Isn't she involved with the song Eye of the Tiger? What? No, no. that was Survivor. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, that was. That can't w- take my eyes off of you. Can't take my eyes. You're off just of too it. good to be true. That's not no. no that's, that's not like her. way early. Before yeah, that's Gloria that's Gaynor. earlier before Gloria yeah. Gaynor. Yeah. You're just anyway. plus that was a guy. Who was You're that? You're just too uh, good to Paul Anka. Oh. <laughs> um, well, the reason why I'm asking is because I googled I googled her name. Yeah. And it, obviously, it has I will survive in '78. Yeah. yeah. Never can say goodbye. Um, anybody want a party in 1978? Oh, I love I that song. That one. I never Valley, heard that. Frankie Valley. And then just a good Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, but that was in 1998. Although she did do, yeah, yeah, she covered uh, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. Oh, so she did a cover of it. Right, but Frankie right. Valley, I think, is the. You're you know, just too good. Right. I like that song. Oh, yeah. Frankie I like Valley. some Frankie Valley songs. And the, is that Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons? Yes. Yes. But I think there was also a period when he was rejecting the seasons, and I think he just became Frankie Valley. Right. Is he still alive? No, I think he is. I like playing that game. Um, didn't Frankie Valley end up? Didn't he do one of the songs on the Saturday Night Fever what? soundtrack? Really, really, Frankie Valley, which did? I know is odd. Because how old a, do you think Frankie Valley is? Um, eighty-two. Oh, wow! He's eighty-four. You are so good at that mm, no, game. No, not, not that. Yeah, good. you are. You better Gosh, probably. Spot I would have said like seventy. Yeah. Like, I don't no, know. No, I don't no, know how old on. anybody is. I mean, Frankie Valley was a star back, you know, in the late fifties. All right, John. If you get this, 60s. this is really weird. Okay. How tall is Frankie Valley? He is uh, five six. Oh my God. How tall is he? I can't believe it. How tall is he? He's five five. Oh, I mean, gee, it's still close. Well, he shrunk a little bit as he got older. You know. <laughs> I'm yeah. tired of playing this game He's with not John. A big man, you know. I'm gonna start. You guys need to start asking me things because I won't know anything, and then it won't be impressive, and okay. then people will be like, "Great, can we All move right. on to the next guest?" Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, when you sleep at night, do you sleep with socks on? Never. Neither do I. Never. My wife likes to have socks on. Oh, my gosh. I saw this today. Apparently, people who wear socks when they sleep go to sleep quicker and sleep longer. <laughs> that is... <laughs> Stop that. Stop That's that. a horrible Let's take a break. Okay. I'm just... <laughs> That is, not... <laughs> that is not me. Just want to let you know, that everybody listening me. audience, this is John Hall. It is not. That is not I me. I found him in the back studio. <laughs> he napped Taking once. a relaxed nap with a MyPillow. That is not me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break. 
we got lots more ahead. We do. It's a Friday edition. Frederica Matthews Green. How about road prayers versus hymns? I mean, we love our hymns. Some people have trouble with road prayers. Why? 101.5 WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com, on ChristianRadio.com, on the next Radio FM chip. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. One of 1.5 WORD. My name is Marla and I am a teacher in a local public school system. My husband and I heard about brain balance. We were a bit skeptical, of course, but we didn't know what to do. When we went to brain balance, they got it. They listened to us from day one. They were asking me questions that our medical provider was not asking us. And this is going to get us somewhere in one place instead of I'm going to have to run to 15 different spots. About four weeks into the brain balance program, my kid could sit on the couch and just breathe. The teachers immediately started noticing that our kids were calmer. As a teacher and a mom, I would say this is one of the most amazing programs I have seen for children. Our lives right now have dramatically changed because of brain balance. My kids, in their own individual ways, received the help that they needed that moved them to a place of balance and harmony. Give your child the foundation they need to succeed in school. Call Brain Balance today and find out how you can change the life of your child and your family. For more information, visit BrainBalance.com. The Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber, along with St. Barnabas Health System, proudly presents the next session in their educational series, Innovation Pittsburgh, Friday, September 21st from 8 to 11.30 a.m. at the Washington Place of St. Barnabas Health System in Gibsonia. Join host former Allegheny County Executive James Roddy and explore what great opportunities are in store for America's most livable city, featuring a panel of the region's leading entrepreneurial experts, Tickets and information, visit pghnorthchamber.com. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Help line at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM discount shopping club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, from local farmers to local leaders, Fellowship Foods delivers local sustainable groceries right to your doorstep. Now get $100 worth of fresh veggies, fruits, meat, eggs, coffee, cheese, and more from 75 local area farms for just 50 bucks. It doesn't get fresher than Fellowship Foods. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping. 
Frederica Matthews Green is back with us in our regular monthly slot. We first met Frederica years ago when she wrote a book called The Jesus Prayer. Her latest book is uh, called Welcome to the Orthodox Church, an Introduction to Eastern Christianity. But, but Frederica, she's a, a writer, appears in a lot of different publications across the spectrum, also a film reviewer. But she always comes here and moves things with us and sort of muses on different things. And today's no different. Frederica, welcome back. How are you today? Hi, John. I'm always glad to be here. Our pleasure. Frederica, you moved recently, didn't you? Yes, we did. I am walking around my new house in Tennessee, which is half painted, half put together, no, no flooring underfoot. I hope it's not too echoey, because there's not a lot of softness in this room to store sound. <laughs> wow, Frederica, where did you move from? Yes, I was living right outside Baltimore, where my husband and I founded a little Orthodox church 25 years ago. Our 25th anniversary is next weekend. So he thought it was time to retire. He's 71. And uh, we moved down here, and our life has been upside down ever since. Wow. If you feel like opening boxes, I have a perfect opportunity. Oh, my. You poor thing. Oh, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> I'm, I, listen, I'm coming to Tennessee on Sunday, so maybe I'll come help you uh, oh, get, your, get your cutlery out. Very nice. <laughs> so, Frederica, last time you were with us, you, you talked about rote prayer. And from the Orthodox tradition, uh, people will say rote prayer is just as a matter of course of part of their worship. But a lot of people, you know, evangelical Presbyterians or whomever, have trouble with rote prayer. Some people think it's cheating or not being fully engaged in a conversation or relationship with Christ. Um, we talked about that, and I think I the, used to think that until I met Frederica. Yeah, the general consensus was I think that it's a positive thing, and you changed Kathy's mind. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I was able to. And for me, it was it was finding out in practice that when I, I always had my little prayer time every day with prayer and Bible study, I started adding little short breaks, little prayer pauses all through the day, where I would just repeat some classic historic prayers. And even though those prayer times were usually not very intense or anything, it helped, it helped me bring my mind before the Lord and bring every thought captive for Christ. It reminded me of the presence of God and His power. And bit by bit, all those little prayer pauses link together so that I've, I've been able to actually feel the presence of God with me all the time. I, if I had had to make up brilliant, beautiful, spontaneous prayers every time, I think I might have let that habit go. It was knowing that there were written prayers that I could turn mm-hmm. to and just be faithful, just show up, just do what Christians have done for all these centuries. I love it. And it, it bore fruit. But the question you're asking now, then, is if we do, and I certainly have signed on to this, if we certainly do now see the beauty in rote prayers um, and accept that there are there are different kinds of prayer, then talk about your thoughts about music. Yes, yes that's something I was thinking about. Um, those who object to rote prayer usually say, well, it's not spontaneous, it's not sincere. And uh, the answer is, no, 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 it's not that you only do road prayers. It's that you're praying in your heart to God all the time, pray without ceasing, and the road prayers just kind of are like the clock ticking or chiming to remind you from time to time. After we talked about that, and I certainly have heard people object to road prayers, I think I understand their objection, it occurred to me that people who object to road prayers usually don't object singing a song that they have sung before, or singing a worship Mm. song that somebody else wrote. 
they don't expect to go to church and have the worship leaders make up spontaneous songs every time they start to sing. And it's it's obvious how fond you can become of a worship song, that it doesn't matter that you sang it last week. You love that song. You want to sing it again. <laughs> I was wondering, and, and I mean this sincerely, not in a challenging way, why do we react differently to the things we say and the things we sing? A pastor many years ago said to me, people are willing to sing a, a, a line of theology in a hymn or a worship song that they would not say. And why do you think that is? I really don't mm-hmm. have an answer. Mm-hmm. It's just something I've been kind of turning over in my yeah. mind. I think maybe a good beat covers a host of sins. <laughs> <laughs> That could be it. Like, you know, that that's an interesting question, though. I think that sometimes when people approach music, it sometimes is the way they approach poetry, where there's like they they all of a sudden make a little bit of a leap that there are um, that maybe the rules don't apply, if you know what I mean. You know, and, and maybe there's more there's a little more freedom there um, than there would otherwise be. But, you know, at the same time, I think you're. I think you're asking a very important question because one of the um, one of the criticisms of modern worship music is that the words are too repetitive, and you know all you do is say the same thing over and over and over again. And yet, that is a staple of a lot of particularly con- contemporary evangelical worship services, um, and, and that really is very similar. Right there. Um, I actually wrote a blog post once defending repetitive worship <laughs> prayers. Everybody seems to hate them, but for me it's the same principle mm-hmm. as the Jesus prayer. That if you have to come up with something brilliant and spontaneous every time, mm-hmm. you just end up not praying or not singing as much. And there's a value in those repetitive prayers, even though they don't contain a lot of depth. Right. But you were going ahead. Sorry. I no, you didn't. Have that. You actually got to the exact point I was going to. I think... Um, I think that if we're looking for um, substance and beauty, um, we oftentimes turn to music or we turn to a great hymn of the faith. So if we were, if, if you know, I, I'm spontaneously up in front of the church, I'm not going to come up with um, great is thy faithfulness, O God, right. my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. I mean, I just, that's, that's something that I, first of all, would never have enough skill to pen on my own anyway. But that's certainly nothing that's going to pop off the top of your head. But that song, because it's known by by so many millions of people, that make gets people into a different heart space when they sing it. I mean, I brought it up to John before the show, and what did you say? Oh, I, I just can't – I mean, I, I love to sing that song, and I can't believe – when I'm standing in church and we're all singing that song together, the power of that. I mean, it's just, isn't it gorgeous? Yeah, that's true. That's another thing that songs do is they bind everyone together. You know, they mm-hmm. can make a hundred, a thousand voices. People feel as one in the presence of the Lord. Right. And we're, so, and in some ways, and I feel this because uh, music is part of what I do um, as a living, but we honor the skill of the musician who wrote the song, because that's not something that's attainable to the average person. I can't go out and write Great Is Thy Faithfulness. Um, But someone penned those words and put it together with that song, and that's someone who musically was of a certain level and of a certain depth where they understood their craft well enough to put that together, and it has blessed many people. We don't often look at rote prayers that way. No, I think that's really true. And um, I I think we could turn it around one more time and picture um, what if the church you went to 
they were trying to make up spontaneous songs every single time they, they sang. And how would you react to that even emotionally? What would be the social feeling of that? I think it would be very awkward. Mm -hmm. And you would feel obliged to smile and nod and clap and act like, oh, this is great. And you would be kind of cringing inside and you would sense how really shallow it was compared to the possibilities of great music. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that people who have been steeped in liturgical worship sometimes feel when they go to churches where, it's, where all the praying is spontaneous. Mm -hmm. It feels like it just doesn't go very deep, but as if there is a social obligation to keep smiling and nodding and saying how great it is. The contrast between how you feel obliged to act in that context and how you feel when you're driving home afterwards, um, that can feel like quite a gap. And I think that's one of the dissatisfactions people sometimes feel with more free-form worship. It just doesn't seem to go deep enough. But the requirement to look as if you're enjoying it, it feels phony and makes people uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, but there's something, whether it's William Shakespeare and how his words have survived these many thousands of years, hundreds of years, or... Even today, there was someone we were talking about, people who do spoken word. Mm -hmm. Poetry. And, yeah, spoken word poetry. And there's something about, you know, the force and the, oh and the power of and, the word within that. And the way that they have learned to craft language. Yes, and I think that's what it is, right? That the rote prayer is the highest ideals mm -hmm. of the crafting of language. That there's an mm -hmm. art form there yeah. that you could compare to, to Shakespeare or to Van Gogh or to any beautiful classical piece of artwork. Right. I mean, one, that's why it exists. One of my favorite prayer books is The Valley of Vision, right, which is a collection of Puritan prayers. They, the way they... <laughs> the way they express themselves mm -hmm. is just... Transcendent. It is. And you, I need that as part of my outlook. I just, I cannot craft that on my own. I can't create that. I can't even get to that place on my own. So there's the aspect of it that when we give an offering to God, we want it to be the very best that we can give. But there's another aspect, which is as you're using written prayers that are brilliant, beautiful, and profound, it teaches you how to pray spontaneously as well. That when you're not looking at a prayer book, when you're just speaking out of your heart to the Lord, the theology of those brilliant prayers is soaked into you, and those brilliant songs. Yes. Um, it is addressed to God, but of course it, we also learn something. They teach us how to pray. They teach us theology. That's really good. Frederica, it's always a pleasure. Um, my, my prayer is once you and your husband are done unpacking, you uh, stand in your living room and, um, and dance the Tennessee Waltz. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That is, in fact, I could sing the entire Tennessee Waltz right now. Very nice. I remember from dancing school when I was eight. Is that so Patty thanks. Page? It's a I wonderful believe. thing to look forward to. Wow, good. That's very good. That's not even as ambitious as I thought. She already knows the song. She's she fifty percent of the way there. Excellent. Thanks, Frederica. You're the best. All right. Thank you. Our pleasure, Frederica Matthews Green. Uh, several works of note: the Jesus Prayer. It's a terrific book, and her latest is called "Welcome to the Orthodox Church: An Introduction to Eastern Christianity." Frederica Matthews Green. A couple witnesses angels at a dangerous car crash. A man is healed on his deathbed and given another chance to live. 
two Christian pastors perform an exorcism on a psychic possessed by demons. A man thought his baby died until the impossible happened. These miracles are true and are chronicled in the first book of a new series, When God Happens, True Stories of Modern-Day Miracles. When God Happens is compiled and edited by best-selling authors Angela Hunt and Bill Myers. Hunt and Myers came together to remind Christians God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has not turned his back on us or left us to our own devices. If you have an exciting miracle you'd like to see shared in the next edition of When God Happens, visit the website at whengodhappens.com. Get your copy now of best-selling authors Angela Hunt and Bill Myers' miraculous new book, When God Happens, True Stories of Modern-Day Miracles. Available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. Life in Haiti is a daily struggle for survival. For Mary Lude, prayer is the only thing that gets her through. She, her husband, and six children live in a small metal shack. It's so small that even her teenage kids have to crawl to get inside. They never eat two days in a row. Usually it's more like two or three days between meals of rice or cornmeal. She has to send her older children to get water, an hour walk up a mountain. They have to do it several times a day, so there's no way they can go to school. The hopelessness of their situation is evident in her eyes. But today there is hope. Your gift through Food for the Poor can make a difference. For just $27 a month for the next year, you can feed most of her family and give them water for life. A $320 one-time gift will give food for a year and water for life to a family of four in Haiti. Will you help Mary Lude and her family? 855-828-4673. 855-828-4673. You can give online at wordfm.com or dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say, I want to give. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. Hey, welcome back. Okay, so um, in your workplace, you know the, where the trend now is for employees to have uh, stand-up desks or treadmill desks or uh, treadmill desks. Yeah, you, that's the thing. You know that treadmill. It is. Desks. Haven't you seen that? No. It's Why have you not funny. seen that? Yeah, no. you know you exercise while you work. You mm-hmm. know, Mike has one in the studio. That's what keeps. I'm on one right now. Yeah, good job. He's all out of breath all the time. No, but treadmill desk. I I should pursue that. My ongoing goal of to weigh less than new Mike. Yes, yeah, treadmill (laughs) desk. So I'm maintaining, so we're good. All those things. What is this? uh, Fitness centers, premium perks, on-site child care. What's a pod? A a a relaxation pod. A relaxation pod. I want one of those. I want a pod. It's like an egg. You Mm -hmm. just climb into and then you just go to sleep. Okay. So apparently, though, a survey of 1,600 people in the in the workplace reveals that people, the number one thing that they want is natural light coming in from a window with a view. Heck yeah. I totally, I mean, we have that in spades here, don't we? We We are so lucky. We do. We have so much much natural light. And I I spent, uh, let's see, almost four years of my employment life working underground. Oh, that's horrible. That was horrible. How did you survive? Listen, I'm telling you, it was, it does make you nutty. You'd go in dark and come out dark. uh Oh, Oh, and you would start to lose track of what the season was. I'm sure. That's the thing I noticed a lot is that all of a sudden I'd be like, wait, is it winter? 
Get because everything looked exactly the same. Yeah, but the good news about that job is that you got to work with buckets of spleens and livers. I mean, who would who would pass that up? <laughs> I know. I'm telling I mean, you, that's a great it was. Gig. I became personality plus. Oh, I'm sure you were, I'm and sure. y- your fragrance was outstanding <laughs> as well. Hey, someone's got to do it. Yes, that's all I have to say. Five o'clock. We're going to talk about patriotism. How Christians should love and honor their own countries. We'll also talk about how Elon Musk lost almost 10% of his company's value. Mm, Fire it up. Just with a few puffs. Holy But did he really inhale? There's video. Stick around. It's the ride home on a Friday afternoon. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Just before the Kavanaugh hearings wrapped up this afternoon on Capitol Hill, former White House counsel John Dean was questioning Kavanaugh's judicial independence. The prediction came during testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee. If Judge Kavanaugh joins the court, it will be the most presidential powers-friendly court in the modern era. In written remarks, Dean called that deeply troubling. But former Deputy Solicitor General Maureen Mahoney says Kavanaugh has a history of being his own man. He repeatedly ruled against the Bush administration, where he worked prior to becoming a judge in his first three years on the bench. Claims came on the fourth and final day of Senate confirmation hearings for Kavanaugh. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. A down day on Wall Street as the Dow dropped 79 points to close at 25,916. The Nasdaq lower by 20, the S&P declining by 6, oil down to 67.75 a barrel. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. This is today's entertainment answer. Are you looking for a family film that's uplifting, powerful, and a great message? Well, our family movie of the week is the PG-rated God Bless the Broken Road. It comes from the director of God's Not Dead. It's the story of a young mother who loses her husband in Afghanistan and struggles to raise their young daughter in his absence. It's an emotional film with a strong reminder of how important faith is. So check out God Bless the Broken Road in theaters September 7th. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. Great experiences are meant to be shared. How about the experience of a great night's sleep? This is John Hall, and I've been sharing with you about my pillow for a long time. It's truly the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. It's machine washable, dryable, never loses its shape, and it gives me the support I need no matter what position I'm in. And it comes with Mike Lindell's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Once you experience my pillow, I'm sure that you'll love it too. And you're going to want to share that great experience with somebody else, which is great because right now you can get two my pillows for the price of one with Mike's buy one, get one free deal. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention the promo code word to start enjoying the best sleep of your life or type it in when you visit mypillow.com. So don't delay. 
That's 1-800-961-9207. Or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. What's a small change that can make a big difference in your day? From improving work performance and productivity to boosting energy, Veridesk Standing Desk Solutions help you get more done and feel better doing it. Order now to fit it into your year-end fiscal budget. Find Veridesk through GSA Advantage or visit veridesk.com slash radio to learn more about how Veridesk can improve your workday. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com slash radio. Guys, we need to remind ourselves that the God of the Bible is not silent. Word FM presents Know the Truths, Philip DeCourcy at the 2018 Pastor Appreciation Luncheon. God has spoken, and He has spoken through His Word, and it's inspired, and it's inerrant, and it's authoritative, and it's breathed out, and it's able to make us wise unto salvation. It's able to make us complete, and it's able to equip us unto every good work. A free event for pastors, October 3rd at Heinz Field. RSVP now at wordfm.com slash pal. This afternoon will be mostly cloudy and not as hot as recent days, but still humid with a stray shower, high 81. Cloudy, cooler tonight with a couple of showers, mainly after midnight, low 61. Cloudy and even cooler tomorrow with some rain, especially in the afternoon, high 70. Sunday periods of rain, some of it heavy and quite cool. Watch for flooding. Sunday's high only 65. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Joe Lundberg on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Welcome along for the uh, 5 o'clock hour of the Friday edition of the Ride Home. This is a, a short week because of Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Very nice. It doesn't really seem any shorter. It, it kind of doesn't. No, no, it really doesn't. I think you worked hard for yeah. four, four days. I feel like I worked hard today. Yeah, we did. I mean, for goodness sake. All right, let me ask Proofing you. the pudding, though. Let me ask you this. Tell me. Um, today's the birthday of a network, a major network, a major force in America. ESPN mm, made its mm. debut this day, uh, September 7th. What year was it? Hmm. I remember when um, ESPN hit the airwaves because I was super geeked. I could not believe that someone would be so audacious as to do all sports all the time. Because, mm. you know, growing up on Saturday afternoons, watching Wide World, World of Sports, sports right. I kind of thought that's what it was going to be like. I thought... I, we're gonna, all of a sudden, we're going we're gonna to see cliff diving and... Downhill skiing. Right. And there's going to be ice skating on. And it's going to be it. the long jump. Yeah. So oh. the, the cable would do that. Um, if I'm guessing the year, I would say 1989. Wow. I am so happy to say my key is way off. Oh, way off. I? 1979. 79? Oh, by a decade. I mean, I, who had cable TV in 1979? Not I. Not a lot of people. No. Yeah. So 1979, ESPN made its debut. I think what it's proven over these decades is that you really can't do sports 24 hours a day. No, you can't because it's really – otherwise, it's super boring. It's just too much. Right. It's too much. And they have veered into politics hmm. simply because you have to find something to talk They're about. They're filling airtime. Right. Right, yeah. I mean, for people who – you know, we're on the air a lot of the time. We have two hours a day. Um, and so it's easy for us to find content. you know, content, good content, content that's funny or weird or whatever it is. But if you're talking about programming a 24-hour <sighs> situation and you've only got – you know, in football, 
every team's only playing once a week. Yeah. Baseball's easier because there's so many games. Hockey's easier. Football season, it's hard. That's a lot of conversation. That really is. That's hard. So ESPN, uh, Bristol, Connecticut. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's in Bristol, Connecticut? ESPN. That's it. That's that it. Made the town. That's probably. it. Yeah. I got to tell you, I'm kind of done. Like I don't watch ESPN anymore. I don't. I can't tell the last time I watched. ESPN. I used to watch Mike and Mike um, because I really liked them. I really enjoyed their morning show. But then they broke up that team, and I just hmm. I lost interest. Is there any um, sort of a television talk show that you watch regularly? No. Neither do I. Hmm. But look how popular they are. Who is the most popular television talk host? Would it be Hannity? Hannity's popular. I know that, um, what's her name? Kathy Lee and that other woman, Hoda. Hoda. Hoda, is that her name? They do the thing um, after the Today Show. I know that that seems to be really popular. I don't watch any of that. I see that when I'm in the doctor's office sometimes. Hoda. Hoda. Isn't she, uh, she took over for Matt Lauer. In the Today Show, Uh right. So I know that's a big thing. Kelly's still on, right? Kelly's on with... um, the former New York with no 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 with, with not uh, the giant anymore Bri- not Michael oh, the, Strahan no oh it's the, not Michael Strahan you know the DJ Re- um oh the guy who's everywhere the guy yeah, who does everything yeah, yeah, American yeah. Idol exactly yeah. that what's his name I don't know Brian <laughs> Seacrest right thank yeah. you that's they're on together now that's not that's, that's not remotely interesting to me <laughs> sorry <laughs> no. I've never seen that no. uh, the View. Oh, I I'm stay away. That's, never that's, watching that. That's like a swamp. I yeah, think. that's I, like that seems. I already poisonous. see that on clips and yeah. go, "Oh, those people." What yeah, I feel badly on? for all of them. But so. talk shows on television. I mean, I, you know, I miss Mike Douglas. <laughs> Douglas, that was like a hundred years ago. <laughs> I miss Mike Douglas. I'll tell you, what, I really miss Johnny Carson. Yeah. Do you watch any late night comedians? I see Jimmy Fallon every once in a while. Yeah. I like Jimmy I Fallon a lot. You know, I never I watch, watch it live, but he is a he. He's really good. Okay. His his team is good about you know YouTubing all the appropriate clips, and he's oh. he's an excellent interviewer. Is he? Yes. I don't. I think he does a great job. I stumbled across Conan a while ago, and I like. Conan. Oh, he's super smart. I like Conan. Yeah, I yeah. always thought he was funny, he's but fun. I know. But here's the thing, I'm. I don't watch any TV show. Never. I don't watch. I just don't watch no any live TV. television. Nothing. Mm-mm. No live. I, everything's other than on sports. the DVR. I mean, I watch sports. Everything's on the DVR. Everything. Really? I don't watch anything on TV otherwise. Hmm. There's so too much stuff on my DVR. Plus, I have to. I had to watch Jack Ryan. You know, all a hundred hours oh, of it in two days. You got me sucked. Okay. Into, how many episodes are there? I think there's eight. Just eight. Yeah. Oh heck. How long? Just are they? eight. Like an hour each. No, episode. forty each minutes long. Eight, they're only forty, 40 minutes. Wait, really? There's just eight episodes? Yep. I, I watched two already and got all excited. I thought they were like 16. No. Oh. But it's so good. Heck. It's so. Our, our, isn't the acting great? Oh, don't you a, love the two guys? I love them together. John Krasinski. And what's the guy's name? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Is he great? It's a very good show. Oh, Jack Ryan. He, yeah. The guy who plays Greer. If you, so I started reading Tom Clancy when I was maybe in 10th grade or 11th grade and i read every i've read every tom clancy book every single one so jack ryan to me was like my i don't know he was like he was the action hero when i was growing up really because those were the books i read mm, tom oh clancy. yeah Abby re- cornish dina shihabi wendell pierce wendell pierce oh okay that's, that's the dude from the wire the partner, okay yeah that's he the dude from james the wire. greer did you watch the wire no i didn't did not. you watch the wire nope nope okay he was no, in the wire no no Fabulous. All right. But hey, we all watched The Office, right? Oh, of course we oh, did. Jim, so we know Jim. Jim. And that's kind of funny because I watch him in this you know, series now. There are a lot of, there are a lot of bits of Jim that bleed through. Well, really? the, the very first episode I'm watching, like he's standing over, over a cubicle talking to a young woman. I'm thinking, where's Pam? <laughs> Where are 
Wait, Pam, there's, no, there's, there's no receptionist in that room. See, Pam is, never worked for the Treasury Department. See, this is why I'm hesitant to watch this because yeah. I, this is what about espionage? Yeah, and it's good. It's all very I'm well. think and is, terrorism, right? Is, uh, you know, I want to see, see Michael. You know what? He'll he'll make you forget about that. He will, he He's does. that good. Quickly. Yeah, yeah he'll good. make you forget. Yeah. It's a good actor. Then. Hey, what time is it? Oh, by the way, it's not for kids. In oh, case no. anyone's saying, boy, tonight no, I want to get my five-year-olds together and watch Jack Don't Ryan. Watch. No, no. Don't do that, okay? No. That's not for kids. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's way probably way past the time for me to tell you. Tell me what? Your weekend has begun. Oh, it's 11 minutes past the 5 o'clock hour. Truly, if you haven't left the office by now, I'm, what are you doing your wrong? weekend has truly, truly begun. Get on David out of there. Out of yeah, we kicked this social media guy. Crying out loud. Fingers are bleeding on the keypad. Get out of there. We don't need that kind of guy around here. Hey, uh, big weekend here in town. Pirates are playing tomorrow at 1 o'clock, and then the Pitt-Penn State game at 8 o'clock. Hell to Pitt. Uh, Lady Antebellum and Darius Ruckus at... Uh, Darius Ruckus? Rucker. Rucker at Star Lake. <laughs> Darius Ruckus. Oh, you Darius. guys. You just stop it. <laughs> Okay. Hey, how about Classic Mike? What? Classic Mike produced our show for a long time. Yeah. Classic Mike is having a crisis. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, it's not is. Classic yeah, Mike. Is. No, no. It's not Classic Mike's having a crisis. It's the studio that's having a crisis because apparently there's someone here in the studio who likes to steal someone's <laughs> smart water. What's smart one? I don't even know what that is. Okay, so Classic Mike sent out an email at the top of the show saying, on Thursday, I had two bottles of smart water in the fridge with my name on the cap and the date of the expiration date. I mean, what, first what? of all, is smart water expiring? I don't Second think so. Second of all, who is going to take a bottle of water that has someone's name two, on it? Two bottles. Somebody <laughs> stole two bottles like of how, the poor guy's water. How thirsty are you? Uh, we're a Christian organization here. Okay, what's going on? I feel like what, who you know all the people that work here. Whatever our faith situation is, it all goes out the window when people open up that refrigerator door. I, looks like it's a free for all in there. <laughs> I mean, seriously, someone stole the box of Arm and Hammer baking soda. <laughs> I mean, what's going on, people? So, if you've seen classic Mike Smartwater, bring it back. Don't be a dummy. I think I used that for coffee today oh mike you'd be in so you much did. trouble is that in the blue lay is it blue is it like a blue label i, have or no I don't know what it is i don't know what it is i think i used it oh you think you, <laughs> keep your sorry. hands off you better buy some over the weekend and apologize 101.5 WORD. We're continuing our study in the book of Psalms here on Through the Bible Radio. We hope that you've been able to join us over the past several weeks as Dr. McGee has shared with us from the Psalms. But if you've missed those lessons, it's not too late to hop on board the Bible bus. We're right in the middle of a study of some of the most beautiful and best-loved scriptures. What a perfect time to join our five-year ride through the whole Word of God. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah. That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-soothing serenity made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. 
That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. Very nice. Uh, do you remember your grandparents? <laughs> well. Do you? Mm-hmm. My grandparents. You uh, called them what? What did you call them? Grandma and Grandpa both. Both. Well, both well no. I, I said that incorrectly. I had two grandmas and I had a grandma and a pap-pap. Grandpa and a pap-pap. So pap-pap. Was <clears throat> slightly divergent there. Right. And did you honor them? I, I mean, I tried to honor them. My, uh, my grandma and my papap died when I was eight. Mm, yeah. And then my uh, other grandparents died when I was in college. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <not sure. laughs> I'm so sorry. I still have a papap. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, you can go spring out. <laughs> Get up down to the spring house. Good grief. <laughs> hey, Marsha. Hey, guys. Hey, what's what going are we laughing about? What's Good. going on at the spring Good house? Grief. That took a dark turn. <laughs> sure did. What's going on at the spring house? <laughs> well, this weekend is Grandparents' Day. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> John's got the giggle. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's going on at Grandparents' Day, Marsha? What happens at the spring house? Okay, so it's on Sunday, and it's a Grandparents' Day ham and turkey dinner. And we're going to have our own hickory smoked ham, and we'll have old-fashioned roast turkey with sage stuffing and turkey gravy made from the drippings off the turkeys, um, hand-peeled mashed potatoes, cabbage and noodles, fresh buttered carrots, homemade applesauce, all kinds of stuff, like all kinds of things that you'd love to have if you went to their house and had supper there. And uh, we, it's a great day to bring these special folks in our lives to the spring house and honor them, as you said, John, and love on them and have a great meal at the same time. Marsh, I was just thinking about you guys last night because I stopped at a local deli and uh, I got myself some coleslaw and I brought it home and all I could think of is not, it's not as good as Marsh's. Mm-hmm. It's all I could think of. <laughs> I thought it's been too long. Very nice. So if you're looking for good food and a great thing to do with your grandparents, check out The Spring House online at wordfm.com. Thanks, Marsh. From the acclaimed director of God's Not Dead. I regret to inform you her husband was killed in combat. When she lost her husband. He chose to save me rather than come home. She lost her way. On September 7th comes the extraordinary motion picture Trinity Broadcast Network calls a great Christian film. I'm not giving up without a fight. And the Christian Broadcast News raves. It's a must-see cinematic experience. Everyone should go see this movie. He will show them nothing is impossible. God bless the broken road. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters September 7th. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, from local farmers to local leaders, Fellowship Foods delivers local sustainable groceries right to your doorstep. Now get $100 worth of fresh veggies, fruits, meat, eggs, coffee, cheese, and more from 75 local area farms for just 50 bucks. It doesn't get fresher than Fellowship Foods. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. Welcome to the Unlimited Grace Minute. I'm Brian Chappell. Usually the most powerful Christian testimonies don't come from Easy Street, but are instead brought about by serious heartaches. One such story comes after the tragic passing of a young woman of faith. When she died, her father felt that there was little left in life to value. But this faithful woman's words continued to flood his mind. Stories of God's 
Faithful promises echoed within him, and he discovered profound comfort in the assurances of heaven's promises that she had recounted so often. Even a deceased daughter's telling of God's grace was used as a crown of beauty, birthing restoration and healing for the one who was grieving. You're listening to the Unlimited Grace Minute with Brian Chappell, online at unlimitedgrace.com. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for coming along today. Dr. Richard Mao is with us. Dr. Mao is former president of Fuller Theological Seminary, author of Adventures in Evangelical Civility. Richard, how are you, sir? Always a pleasure. Hey. Always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you, ours as well. Boy, Richard, this is an appropriate subject to talk about. You know, with the with the Colin Kaepernick uh, Nike ad that premiered last night. You know, people are either thinking it's a it's a gorgeous ad and he's a hero, or people are thinking this is appalling. You know, he doesn't care about our country. He's dissed the national anthem over and over again, and now you know I'm not going to give Nike any more of my money. You want me to say something about? Yeah, oh, I do. No, 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 I do. I want you to say that. But you've come here to talk to us about patriotism, right? How do Christians love and honor their yeah. own countries? No, and that really—I mean—it's a very important topic. And instance that Kathy just mentioned is, uh, you know, closely connected. You know, that word patriotism comes from uh, the word for father, and we talk about the fatherland, we talk about mm. the motherland, and. Uh, you know, it, it, when we think about our own parents, uh, it's a good thing to have a, a special affection for one's own parents. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a good thing to have a special affection for one's own country. And even sometimes we get a little exaggerated. I mean, when I was 12 years old, I, I bought my first card, a Mother's Day card for my mother. And I remember what it said on the cover. You're the you're the greatest mother on earth. And you know she was a good mother, but that wasn't true. Uh, she she was not the greatest mother on earth. But there's a kind of hyperbolic uh, affection. Yes. And sometimes we get carried away with that with our with our country. The big problem, of course, is my mother did not have bonds. And uh, and and ready to attack any other mother who claimed to be, you know, the greatest mother on earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, a little more danger in getting carried away with our country. But I, I I do think that patriotism, in a fundamental sense of a special affection for the country that nurtured me, uh, that has granted me some blessings that I think ultimately come from God. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a good thing. Yes, I, I agree, and it's something today that is patriotism. The word itself feels almost old fashioned. That yeah. people who are uh, in society today, I mean, you know, you go to a, I'm going to go to a baseball game tonight. We're all going to stand for the national anthem. We're yeah. going to sing along. I mean, some people sing with their with their hand over their heart. They take their hats off and they sing with great vigor. Other people sort of sway from side to side and maybe mumble the words and look off into the distance. But the fact is, we're all there together. And you know, the emotional tone of it, I think, mm-hmm. is maybe not necessarily the the important thing is, but it's that we're all there together at a moment and you're recognizing something which is bigger than yourself yeah you know i I heard an african scholar recently a christian african scholar who said when he was growing up in his own country in africa 
they they all all the school children had to memorize the the Gettysburg Address of Abraham Lincoln, hmm. and also the prologue to the Constitution. Uh, I mean, the Declaration. The uh, we or the Constitution. We the people of these United States. And he says, "Aren't isn't it a wonderful thing to be able to say we the people?" And that there's a sense of peoplehood. Uh, governments change. I mean, that's when they said that was. We had a government, now we're going to have a new one. But there's this underlying sense of peoplehood, and you're going to experience that at Pirates game, you know? Yeah. Where different tribes and tongues and nations, all of whom are a part of we the people, and there's something, we're losing some of that, and yeah. that's a bad thing. I right think there. so, too. How about the absolute circus of the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings? Have you watched any of that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can't, first of all, if you don't have a sense of humor, don't even turn it on or you're going to lose your mind. But there, as I was watching it the other day, just, I mean, I'm tuned in for maybe 10 minutes. I thought, so we've lost the, like, unum in the e pluribus, right? Like, we don't, we just, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if it, that's, can we find that again? Or is it just the kind of thing that we just have, are a bunch of people that just don't get it anymore? Yeah, no, I, Kathy, it, it is one of the most vexing questions for me because, you know, and people often put it this way that we, we have a weakening of the social contract, the deterioration. And unless there's this underlying people, whether you like Trump or not, whether you like Obama or not, those aren't the, the more basic question is, is there still a we the people uh, who can live with this government or that government and hope for a different one and elect, you know, debate the issues. But uh, there's something really bad about losing that. And uh, some of it is some of the people of my generation. You know, I'm a, I'm a 60s product. And, uh, you know, I was against the war in Vietnam. So, you know, I, I got hit hard with, you know, you're disloyal, you're not right, patriotic. Right. Um, and, and, and yet... Uh, there is something that I had to relearn in terms of loving my country, not right or wrong. Uh, I, you know, I, those patriotic songs, uh, I have a lot of friends who don't like to sing them, but that, that line, God, mend thine every flaw, mm-hmm. you know, I think we ought to be praying that all the time. Always, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think if you travel, if you, if, that's why travel is so important. If, if you can't afford to travel, and if you leave this country and you go visit other countries, you, I think every time I leave and then I come back, I come back with a great enthusiasm, a renewed love for this country, because despite its obvious major flaws, to me, it's still the greatest country in the history of the world. And I yeah. think it should be said and it should be celebrated. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with you on that. Uh, and the ideals, and this is the important thing, that we, the people, need to be committed to some fundamental ideals. And some of the rhetoric in public life, I'm from both sides, uh, as evident in the, the debates in the last couple of days over this Supreme Court appointment, uh, the rancor and the, the words like treason and all the rest, uh, they are undercutting uh, that sense of a shared peoplehood that... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we can survive as a nation without it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and patriotism, I think it probably doesn't thrive in this country because we don't pass it along. I think, you know, we as, you know. Or we pass it along weirdly where it becomes an idol. 
Like it becomes oh, like, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. can't like you, absolutely. And then, and, and you know the 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 remedy for that idolatry is the fact that we are members of the body of Jesus Christ, drawn from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And I can have a special love for my own people. I, I'm Dutch ethnic. I'm very proud of my. I just got back from the Netherlands. You know, I, nice. I like going there, but I am an American, <laughs> and. Uh, you can have a special affection for certain kinds of food, for certain kinds of stories, for all kinds of things. But it's also important to acknowledge that through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been made one with people from different races, different mm-hmm. tribes, yes. different nations. Yeah. And so we have to hold that intention in our in our in our spirit. You know that I love my country. At the same time, I'm a citizen of a different kingdom. Yes. And I've got a, a real king whom I worship, and he's put me together with people who are very different than myself, but they all love him and trust him. Isn't that funny? And I think this combination of of honoring our Savior, and for a lot of people, whether they were Christians or not, honoring God, the last great surge we saw of that combination was obviously right after 9-11. And you yeah. remember, remember after 9-11, yep. people driving around with flags on their yep. cars for months yeah. and months afterwards. And there was a great sense of, hey, we were just attacked and yep. we're all in this together. And mm-hmm. this country is a terrific country. And, you know, it, it also had some nationalism that we were going to, you know, kick some butt uh, around that as well. Right. But, but there right. was a great sense of, uh, of, of pride and honor and the healing of us together as one. And we, yeah. we miss that in the day to day. I actually had a healing moment the Friday night after 9-11. I, you know, I, again, I'm a, a product of the 60s. I've been always a little felt distant from some patriotic displays. But that Friday night, we went to the Hollywood Bowl for a concert. And the before the concert begins, they shine a spotlight. It's getting dark. Shine it up at the American flag, and they do the national anthem. And for the first time in about 40 years, I cried. Mm. You know? And I felt that, John, I, that that sense that this is my country and uh, been attacked and we need to come together. You know? Yeah. You know, so talk to us then about finding that healthy middle ground, because, um, you know, the the kind of I don't know, I I, I understand the uh, arguments on both sides of the Colin Kaepernick kneeling for the national anthem. I get it. I, I, I really do see both sides. Um, but at the same time, I think that it's easy for us to just label people now, whatever we don't like. If they do one thing, if we, you know, X equals X in our mind. So if you do that, that means you are unpatriotic. Yeah. And I think that uh, some of our African-American friends, uh, some of the stories with the little girl who gets tasered falling asleep and got you know this story on, on the on the in the headlines right now and uh, the ways in which people in their own neighborhood get get pulled over by you know authorities and question why they're there and all the rest uh we need to hear those stories and realize that the the, the deep sense that of 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 not belonging uh, comes out of a, a deep commitment to the ideals of of America. You know, I mean, that Martin Luther King, uh, in that wonderful speech that he gave, uh, let freedom ring, you know, from every mountainside. I mean, he was drawing on the very things that we all claim to believe as patriots 
to say we've got to bend our every flaw. You know, we've right. got to get justice. And and so I I, I want to hear the stories of people who feel so wounded uh, that they they have a difficult time just standing and singing the same, you know, with their hand over their heart. At the same time, I hope they can do it soon because we really need that kind of healing. We surely do. I mean, you know, the, the nationalism of make America great again. Yeah. Um, I, I, the first time I heard that, I thought, wait a second. Uh, and, I, and this is still my uh, my feeling. I, I think America America is, is still great. Uh, I don't think it ever lost its greatness. Mm-hmm. And I'm no. always surprised by people who say, well, America was never great. I mean, that, that really, few things yeah. make me angry. When I, when I hear that, I think, that's rubbish. Yeah. You know, um, so that that sentiment, make America great again, or America was was always great. We never lost the greatness, or you know, I mean, all those things together. That's a lightning rod of emotion and ideals all rolled into one. That's right. And at any given time in the history of America, it's so important to celebrate the wonderful things that go into our greatness, while at the same time being sensitive to the injustices and the and the imperfections that. We still need to be working on. Yeah. Amen. We're yeah, to, always but, a pleasure. But we can do the injustice thing only out of a love for our country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Richard Mao. Richard, thank you so much for joining us again today. Hey, great to be with you. And I, I hope the Pirates win tonight. Me too. Uh, <laughs> back to, you and us both, my friend. Get back to 500. <laughs> Thanks, Please. Richard. I've been a teacher for 25 years. My younger son was tutored a lot. He didn't like certain clothes, and he had all of these other sensory situations going on. The teachers were suspecting dyslexia, suspecting ADD. He wasn't able to retain information, and he was working harder than any of the other kids. But it was the eye doctor who told me about brain balance, and that was the first time a physician had mentioned brain balance. After about two weeks of doing the program, I noticed that one day he just slapped on a pair of pants like it was no big deal. I really noticed that was a huge change for him. He has also started doing his homework by himself. He is able to do things that he wasn't able to do. In the long term, this was a much better investment than putting our son on medication. I would say you have to try this. The results are magnificent. Give your child the foundation they need to succeed in school. Call Brain Balance today and find out how you can change the life of your child and your family. My oldest son loves to sing, so he was excited to go into high school and be in a choir. However, the very first year he went in, they disbanded the high school choir. <laughs> so sad. So he chose Grove City College partially because he wanted to sing in a choir. Now, here's the cool thing. Grove City College has multiple choirs. So my son, he sings like a songbird every week hmm. with all the students at Grove City. So he was able to reinvent himself when he got to college. Undoubtedly. Yeah, I love that. Now, my daughter, when she got to Grove City, had the opposite experience because she had done something in high school 
all the years that she really loved. She mm. was on the swim team. And so when she was looking for a college, she wanted to find one where A, she could, she'd be welcome to swim, um, regardless of time. But second of all, that it was still a nationally recognized team, even if it was Division Three. And she found all of that at Grove City. So something that she really liked in high school, she was able to carry through into college. So whether you want to reinvent yourself or you want to continue something that you've been good at and you want to get better at, Grove City College is the perfect location. So here's a deal. Both of our kids attend and love Grove City College. Maybe yours will too. Find out all the details, www.gcc.edu. From the acclaimed director of God's Not Dead. I regret to inform you her husband was killed in combat. When she lost her husband. He chose to save me rather than come home. She lost her way. On September 7th comes the extraordinary motion picture Trinity Broadcast Network calls a great Christian film. Your faith is still there. And the Christian Broadcast News raves. It's a must-see cinematic experience. I'm not giving up without a fight. Everyone should go see this movie and bring a friend. God bless the broken road. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters September 7th. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. This afternoon will be mostly cloudy and not as hot as recent days, but still humid with a stray shower, high 81. Cloudy, cooler tonight with a couple of showers, mainly after midnight, low 61. Cloudy and even cooler tomorrow with some rain, especially in the afternoon, high 70. For Sunday, periods of rain, some of it heavy and quite cool. Watch for flooding, Sunday's high only 65. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Joe Lundberg on 101.5 Word FM. Love his voice. It's a big voice. Love his it? voice. Oh, I love it. So, Hootie and the Blowfish? That is Hootie and the Blowfish, yeah. 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 But Darius Parker's probably not going to be singing any Hootie songs when he comes to Pittsburgh tomorrow. You don't night. think? No. no. I don't. I wonder if he even owns the rights to them. I don't know. You know, he might not be able to the sing The songwriter. Them. Yeah. No, no. Um, I, Darius Rucker, to me, is one of my favorite current sing- singers in country music. He has made, he sounds so great singing country music. Does he? Oh my gosh. I don't follow that at all. He's just absolutely fabulous. Are you a country music fan? Not really. I'm not really good. I'm not really good with it. Like anyone who would know anything about country music would realize <laughs> I'm a real poser. But, I mean, but do you like it? I do like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really like Zach Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Little Big Town, and I like Darius Rucker. Okay. So that's not my. Luke Bryan? Luke I Bryan. like Luke Bryan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His hands are gigantic. I call him the man with the huge hands. <laughs> Every time I see him sing, I think, really? oh my gosh, his hands are gigantic. Can you uh, find Wagon Wheel? Because that's a good one. What's that? 
It's a Darius Rucker song. Is that Hooting the Blowfish? No. Okay. That's just him alone. Anyway, so uh, he and Lady Antebellum tomorrow night Country? out at Key Bank Pavilion. So it'll Star be- Lake. I'm always Come calling on. a start. Let's keep all this stuff. I just said it. I was trying to be correct, but what? you're right. It's stupid. I mean, I mean, it was first Niagara or something in there. I, I don't, don't even know. know. It doesn't matter. What it was. Okay. Um, what about uh, the? You're going to the pirate game tonight. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm Are you excited about that? Because we were already there on Wednesday. We were there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go with my uh, my youngest son, and to me, it's just a, a, an opportunity to hang out with my youngest son. The game itself, okay, fine. It's a nice night. I mean, sure. You know, the, the days are dwindling, so you know I'll look back in a couple of months and go. Be nice to go to a pirate game. Oh, for sure. Sit outside in a, a nice, a nice summer evening. So yeah. yeah, I look forward to that. Okay. Have myself a dog. What about the Pitt Penn State game? Are you going Boy, to I watch it on TV? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I am. Are you going to watch it on TV? Oh yeah, Heck yeah, yeah. I'm having a party. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh, you're having a party? Yeah. Sorry. <sighs> is it just Pitt alumni or is it? No. Uh, it actually is not just Pitt alumni. In fact, one of the people coming. Oh, it's Pitt alumni and friends, which don't include me. No, no, no in it's any just way. two friends. It's just two friends that are coming. Um, but one is one was uh, is a friend of mine from Pitt. We graduated uh-huh. at the same time. Yeah. But uh, her husband said he's going to root for Penn State. Mm, so is he coming? Why didn't I just retract the invitation at that point oh, when yeah, I heard yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. he went to CMU, so whatever. Right. Okay. That's like, you know, inviting a friend over to watch the uh, Steelers Patriots and the friend is like a Patriot. Yeah, well, I can't. That happens in my family. That's sickening. Oh, that's that horrible. That is absolutely sickening. And then sickening. they sit there and make cracks. I'm yeah. like, oh, please, sir. Please, my friend. We watched. God bless you. We watched the a Steeler Patriot playoff game with someone here from work uh-huh. who was from New England. Uh-huh. And that was like unbearable. Was Why was, did we even do that? Because we were trying to be friendly. We were trying to be nice. We were. And just, you know, make things kind. But it was not good. Whatever. It was a horrible yeah, idea. We also watched the Steelers uh, Super Bowl with the Packers with a good friend of ours who's a Packers fan. And that unto itself. You know what, though? Here's the thing. I feel some solidarity with the Packers. I get where they're coming from. Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's a classic team. Right. They don't have cheerleaders. Right. It's, it's community-owned. Small town. I like that. You yeah. know what? I, I'm okay with the Packers. The yeah. Patriots? Oh, that's They're rough. unbearable. That's rough. Can't possibly do that. Yeah. Hey, um, uh, I was looking at the, uh, the PG today. This is really rare. You know, I'm fascinated by people who have either the chutzpah or the stupidity or the desperation to rob a bank. I mean, that that's a, a mix of uh, a certain amount of insanity that I just is fascinating. And the fact that a bank was robbed on McKnight Road? By a woman. In the afternoon. Do you see what she was wearing? No. The robber was a white woman who appeared to be in her late 40s, about 5'3". Uh, she was wearing a black wig, gray sweatpants, a black T-shirt, and black suede slippers with fur. <laughs> what? Okay, did she just roll out of bed and decide to rob the bank? I have no idea. Can you believe that? That is wild. And they don't, of course, they never say, you know, the, the, the robber got away with X amount of dollars. But they haven't found her yet. No. Mm-mm. At least when we came to air, they hadn't found her yet. Yeah, but I mean, it's a really clear photo of the woman. If you, you can't look at her, run can't... fast in the slips. No, you really. I mean, can't. if you're looking to make a getaway, don't you think you'd wear, you know, some kind of athletic shoe? That's... Even if you're Le'Veon Bell, you couldn't do that. What right? th- no, I mean, what? How much jail time do you think you get for robbing a bank? I have no. Well, it depends on if you do it with a with a gun. If you do it with a gun, it's a federal crime. I see. It's armed robbery. If you just try, I mean, I don't know what else you'd. Go try to rob a bank with. Well, you could have but, a note and say, you know, yeah. I've got a, you know, whatever. I think then it's just a state crime. 
but still, but once once you add the weapon in there and you have, then it's it's armed robbery. It's not like you're going to get 14 days in jail. That's actually what OJ went to prison for was armed robbery. Oh, that's right. That's actually what sunk. It was it was in a connection with the kidnapping charge, if I right, remember exactly. Yeah, but, which was a crazy thing anyway. It just kind of felt like they were out to get OJ. They were. Come. You have got to be kidding Come on. me. They're out to get OJ. I mean, oh, wait, yeah, because he was wait. just living the life Listen, of a law abiding citizen. I I'm can't just, believe they the nailed whole him. The thing was crazy. What a shock. Wait, wait, no, wait. How could they have nailed OJ? Oh. That's crazy. People's Court's in session. Okay, now look. Now, wait a second. Okay. <laughs> OJ, I'm not, I'm not on the OJ defense team here. Okay. okay. But OJ had some sports memorabilia stuff mm-hmm. that somebody else had. Mm hmm. There was a, a question of whether it was his or not, the guy who was holding it. Mm-hmm. OJ just went to get it. With a gigantic weapon. I don't know about that. It was armed robbery. He didn't knock on the door and say, please. Yeah, but did OJ have a gun? Yes, that's why he went to prison. I think it was a setup. It, I think they're out there settling a score. For heaven. I think so. Yep, they were settling a score. You and heard it today on the ride home. Uh-huh. It was all set up. Uh, now, the murder, that's a different story. Oh, I'm glad. Glad yeah, to hear I'm that. I'm just telling you that. All right, good. But, you know, it's armed robbery. Armed robbery. That's called taking something from someone with a gun. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's what he did. Plus the kidnapping. You're going to find a way around that? Yeah, it seemed like some bogus thing between two guys who were, you know, rivals. Seemed a little over the top to me. I'm just saying it. Oh, my God. Okay, just saying. Take a break? Yes. Emails John Hall at wordfm.com in case you want to reach me. WORD. And Food for the Poor, asking your family to come alongside a family in Haiti or Guatemala who needs your help. Have the ability to um, change lives on a daily basis. And we have the opportunity, literally, to be the hands and feet of God. And I can't tell you how impressed I am with not only the efficiency of Food for the Poor, but how many people they serve each and every day here in Haiti. It's family saving families. We're here with Food for the Poor on a mission, and we're specifically asking you to come and join us to see what you can do to help. From your mobile phone, dial pound 250 and say the keywords, I want to give, or call 855-828-HOPE. Online, you can give at wordfm.com. When it comes to higher education, it's worth considering a Christian university or college, one that reaffirms students' faith instead of tearing it down. We Research shows that students who attend a Christian college can become significantly more committed to their faith, and that's an important investment to make. You care about the type of people who are teaching the classes and the content and perspective of the courses just as much as you do about the strength of the academics. It matters that Christian faith is supported and shared. Find out about many schools at once by attending the free Christian College Fair with representatives of colleges and universities from across North America. Start planning now. Take advantage of the opportunity to meet with representatives from top Christian colleges throughout the country. Learn about financial aid, scholarship opportunities, and more. Take your first step to a Christian college education at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford, Saturday, September 15th from 11 to 1. That's the Pittsburgh Christian College Fair, Saturday, September 15th at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford from 11 a.m to 1 p.m. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. 
If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit, 800-786-9300. That's 800-786-9300. 800-786-9300. Hi, everybody. This is Craig Wolfley from my friends at J&D Waterproofing. For every waterproofing or foundation repair, a portion of the proceeds go to the Light of Life Rescue Mission or the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hello, this is Ralph Sindrich. I'm proud to be a part of this program and such a fine service to be offered to the community. For every job commitment, I'll provide a signed copy of my book, NFL Brawl. Call for a free estimate at 1-800-VERY-DRY. That's 1-800-VERY-DRY. Or visit us on the web at jdwaterproofing.com. He can smell you from half a mile away, hear with pinpoint accuracy, and detect the slightest motion with a 310-degree field of vision. But with an Oak Ridge hunting blind from Yoder's Backyard Structures, that deer will never know you're there. Solid, silent, scent-controlled, satisfaction guaranteed. This is one perch you won't fall out of. And with Yoder's, delivered and set up free of charge. Take your hunt to a whole new level at yodersbackyard.com. News today in the uh, Post-Gazette, an article by Paula Reed Ward. She says that three lawsuits claiming sexual abuse by several priests and the late Cardinal Anthony Bevilacqua were filed this week against the Diocese of Pittsburgh and current or former officials, accusing them of fraud and conspiracy for covering up the alleged misconduct. Um, Three separate lawsuits involve priests from three different parishes. Uh, David Rebholtz of Hope, Rhode Island, suing the diocese. Bishop David Zubik and Cardinal Donald Worrell, alleging they concealed abuse by the Reverend William P. O'Malley III for years. Uh, the complaint filed Friday includes claims for fraud and conspiracy, as does another filed Friday by Heather Taylor of San Diego. She claims she was abused between the ages of 5 and 13 by Reverend Lawrence O'Connell and Reverend Edward Huff at St. Gabriel in Whitehall and by former Pittsburgh Bishop Anthony Bevilacqua when he visited there. Wow. So this is um, just an ongoing, obviously, <sighs> what rolling event mm-hmm. that's happening. And, well, and for people who get I get used to it, for whatever reason, were um, fearful or suspect of filing lawsuits in the past. Uh, the revelations three weeks ago of the grand jury report um, has emboldened people, and mm-hmm. people have now stepped forward. So here we go. Right. Okay. Um, let's talk about last night's NFL game. It was the opener for the season. Did you watch the, any? The birds, the Falcons, and the Eagles. Um, I watched the tiniest little bit when it was just starting. Okay. Uh, I heard there was a big rain delay because of lightning. Yeah, I think it was an hour long rain delay, at least an hour long. But apparently ratings were down. It was no surprise. I mean, ratings have been down in the NFL for a while, haven't they? I think that the NFL is, has already reached its peak and is in decline. You mean? I think it's in its from fatal. now on. Uh huh. Really? Yep. That we reached our peak. What, what do you think the peak of uh, football frenzy was? 
I would say, what's this? 2018. I'd say maybe around 2000, 2005, maybe. Hmm. I mean, ESPN was in full swing at that point. The NFL Network was in full swing at that point. Um, I would say, I would. That's that's my guess. I mean, that's you could also say that it was, you know, you could go back to the 90s, right? Even when, with the right with the rise of the the re rise of the Dallas Cowboys and yep. um, the early 2000s with Tom Brady and the New England Patriots dominating. And so the numbers were this: that uh, among season openers from last year to this year, the opener drew a 6.6 rating among adults 18 to 49, a drop of 14 percent from last September 7th, 2017. Mm-hmm. Home opener, fourteen percent loss. Listen, I, holy smokes! When you read how what the unbelievable drop in percentage of kids who are playing football now, really, versus what they were doing ten years ago, no it's kidding. shocking. Oh, it's shocking. Simply because parents don't want their kids playing football with the concerns about concussions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so if you extrapolate that, just push that out ten years, there just aren't going to be nearly as many people playing it, and people are going to start to feel weird if they're if the science continues to discover what people suspect already about CTE. Now, here's the thing. We haven't, you know, there have been a lot of studies on CTE and professional athletes, professional boxers, football players, etc. But we don't know a whole lot about the development of CTE in people who haven't played sports. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. has not been studied. Yeah. So uh, I would think that that would be something that would be the subject of research over the next decade or so. But if it comes out that repeated head injury, as they are saying now, results in CTE, I'm, I'm telling you, that's it. So what do you think? 50 years from now, will 50? sports be no? Will 25. sports be robotic? We're going to watch robotic. Oh, I hope not. Robot that football. Is- so de- maybe that is so depressing. I mean, you know, you never know. Well, there'll be a new trend, won't they? There will be a new trend. I mean, with that, I don't know what the hockey numbers are. I wonder if the hockey numbers have gone up. While In Pittsburgh, the football, they certainly have. Yeah, for, for sure. But I wonder if, if across the country, see, the NHL is so dumb. You know, if they capitalized more, if, if they were forward thinking and could find a way to capitalize on the fact that the NFL's losing fans, hockey needs to find a way to get those fans, mm-hmm. to talk them into it. But the NHL management and leadership is so insular in their understanding. I mean, can you believe – Still, can you believe still that the NHL has the Stanley Cup Finals at the same time as the NBA Finals? No. That is so self-defeating. Although, uh, do you care about the NBA? No, but most of the country cares about the NBA. I mean, the NBA is way more popular than the NHL. Yeah, I guess so. So you'd think, what if you had the Stanley Cup that started after the NBA Finals were over? And so you've you've got fans that love sports, and now they're sad that their season's over, and maybe they want to check out another sport. Yeah, but you know, like most sports, most professional sports, season's too long. For the NBA, for the NHL, for Major League Baseball, and, and I think for the NFL. You don't, don't think so? Well, I don't think it's, it's too much. I don't think it's too long for football, but I definitely don't think it's too long for baseball because that's what I love about it is that there are so many games. Yeah, but they're playing baseball, the playoffs in the World Series. Sometimes it's snowing. I know. That's not baseball. I know. Well, remember how? Greed. Remember how much it was snowing for the first month they yeah, played yeah, this yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but it's I like. Too much. I still like all those games. But that's just me being selfish. Right, it is. It is. I don't think I need I'm, your, what? your you, like. Did you not want me to me. confirm that? I'm not confirming. I'm just All saying, right. you know, yeah. Okay, so how about um, Elon Musk last night? Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, so Elon Musk, he himself, the um, Tesla uh, man and. Uh, SpaceX? Yeah, and uh, flamethrowers and whatnot. Apparently, he was on a podcast last night, Joe Rogan. 
Do you know you know this guy? I don't know Joe Rogan. Um, I know Seth Rogan, but I don't know Joe Rogan. He was uh, was he the Fear Factor guy? Yeah, he was Fear Factor. He was news radio yeah. a sitcom with Phil Hartman. Yeah, thirty million people listen to Joe Rogan's podcast and or watch Joe Rogan's podcast. And last night he had Elon Musk on, and apparently this is true that Elon Musk smoked marijuana mm-hmm. on right. the podcast. Right. I heard the audio of it. And Joe Rogan said, have you ever smoked marijuana before? And he said, well, yeah, a couple times, but not very often. And so he said, well, do you want to? And Elon Musk said, well, I guess it's, it means legal, right? I don't I don't remember. Is, I think it's in California they were. Yeah. Anyway, wherever it was, they were legal. And <laughs> now this is Elon Musk who just maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, all of a sudden comes on Twitter and says he thinks he has enough. Uh, that he's going to take Tesla from public to private. Right. And all of a sudden, like within 30 seconds, his Stock. shareholders are going, what are you talking about? And then, you know, the leadership of Tesla had to get together and say, what are you talking about? And then 48 hours later, he said, wait, no, I don't think I meant that. So, Well, now today, stock is down 9% or more. Because the CEO and founder is smoking weed? Yeah. I mean, come on, this, he's... I don't know. He's not in a good place. I think he's floundering. Well, he's got a lot on his plate. Well, weed isn't going to help it. No, it's not. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. So the only thing really keeping you from enrolling your children in Christian school is sports? Trinity Christian School answers that concern with boys soccer, girls volleyball, and track for boys and girls. A well-rounded Christian education with the sports opportunities you want? Now that sounds really good. Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. 412-242-8886. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America invites you to take steps for cures at a walk event near you. Support the 1.6 million Americans living with these diseases. Get started at cctakesteps.org. So the weird thing is, both Kath, you and I, we neither of us have air conditioning in our homes. No. And the churches we go to, they themselves are not air conditioned. What is our problem? I don't know. We just somehow are in the wrong. Well, we, yeah, purple. we also kind of like old things. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing we do. So we spend a lot of time in old buildings. Yeah. And those things are hard to air condition. Yeah, it's hard to, to be. In. But you know what? This Sunday, the high is not even going to be seventy. How about that? I can't even believe that. I don't even know where my clothes are that would that I would wear in that instance. Just wear a hoodie. I'm gonna have to find one right, because just... I've put them all away. Because the th- when you live in a hot house, the th- like when you brush up against your winter clothes, it makes you physically sick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, <sighs> can't yeah. even think about it. Okay, uh, Steelers play the Browns on Sunday. One o'clock or four o'clock? One o'clock. Uh, Browns are apparently, you know, poised to make a uh, turnaround. Yeah, we've heard that before. About, do you feel no. good about that? No. You have it's a, the Browns. You have a prediction for Sunday's game? I'm not going to watch the game. I predict that. I'm just saying, I'm not going to watch the You're game. You're just not even going to watch I it? I don't think so. 
I unless it's unless it's like pouring down rain and I'm not leaving the house. If it's a decent day and you can be outside, I'm going to be outside. But if it's pouring down rain or some such thing, yeah, I'll stick around to watch this one of the game. Mike, you watching the game? Oh yeah, Steelers okay. are going to win sixteen fourteen. Nice, thank you for 16-14. that. 16-14. Just by two. Yep. Are they three? I think they're three point favorites. Not that I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say, line. but you're not going to watch this. What do you care? All right, make a prediction anyway. Uh, Steelers twenty seven uh, ten. Okay. Uh, I say Steelers, uh, it's going to be an odd. It's going to be like Steelers 11, Browns oh, 9. Oh, that sounds like a weird game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds painful. Mm-hmm. All right. I think it could be painful. Oftentimes the Steelers lose their home opener, don't they? Well, I don't think you should bring that up I'm now. bringing it up just because you never know. It's not helpful. All right. Have a good weekend. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.